0: Welcome ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the End Time Tribune It is a great honor and a great pleasure to be with you here tonight Uh, I am your host Matthew Miller And we've got lots of things to talk about in the news We have some celestial somology to consider We have wondrous signs that's uh, coming straight for us We have all types of political turmoil. Things are getting to be off the charts, ladies and gentlemen. As for me, no one understand this. It is my greatest hope that the riders ride for glory. With that in mind, let's kick this episode off the proper
1: way. You're gonna pull those pistols and whistle Dixie.
0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the End Time Tribune, this 14th of January, ah yes, 2017. It is good to be with you uh, today, and I want to uh, thank all of my uh, social networking site uh, friends. Um, Had a lot of good discussion today. Have got some good discussion going on right now. I just got this uh, comment uh, from a friend of mine, uh... They state, in um, Time Tribune, why do you allow this man, and states his name, uh, to post on your website? He is obviously against Israel, and you seem to be for them, so I allow the confusion. I seriously considered blocking you after reading this, and my reply is stated as thus. He does have the right to speak, and I have the right to hope. The reply to that comment was, But he is calling Israel Antichrist Nation. To that I responded, yes he is. And we shall hope
1: to snatch
0: him from the flames. Amen? Question mark? The response is rather interesting, but I'll let it hold at the outer marker. Ladies and gentlemen, I understand uh, that there's lots of times when there's consternation over there at the social uh, networking site. Uh, But we need to understand one thing, that the Brian and I do not take part in such things. Uh, He most certainly has the right to hold his opinion, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if uh, perhaps a Lutheran pastor had taught him that very thing. If you all need to know about the church and anti-Semitism. I strongly suggest that you look into that. The point being is this, ladies and gentlemen, the Brian and I have told you at length about those four writers. The first one is the rise of national socialism. It's the rise of the Crusaders. Ladies and gentlemen let me explain something to you it doesn't matter to me what particular nation tribe or tongue that you hate it doesn't matter to me what does matter to me is that you receive your proper title that title of course being nazi that's what you are i stated this plainly out in public today the kkk were and are Nazis. They hate Amero-Africans. And it goes on and on and on. If you hate what the book of Revelation clearly defines and outlines as a nation, tribe, or tongue, you hate a specific group, exclusively on those parameters you're a nazi and as a matter of fact was having a conversation with my son today i said riddle me son who's the last one that invaded countries unabated who is the last country that had killed millions of civilians of course we're already up to one million just in Iraq alone. told me, son, I said. Ah, yes. It was Nazi Germany. Ladies and gentlemen, how is our invasion of Afghanistan any different than the invasion of Poland? If I pricked you, I certainly hope that you bled, because that means you still have life, there's still hope for you. But it doesn't matter who you hate. If you hate a group, you're a Nazi. If you hate somebody because they speak Spanish and you don't, you're a Nazi. If you hate people with slanted eyes, just because they have slanted eyes... When you don't even know them and have never met them, you are a Nazi. You are a crusader. And that's what the crusaders did. So, with that in mind, uh, we're going to get down to the news. And we've got a lot to cover, especially with celestial somology this week. But we better get the bry in the saddle. Uh, let's get him in here and uh, have him give his introductions Hello, Brian. How's it going this
2: week? Hello, you got me in here? Uh, Yep, I got you loud and clear, buddy.
1: buddy. Well,
2: hello, everyone. Sorry, my computer just decided it wanted to. uh, Yeah, of course, it wants to do a restart now, even though I checked it like five times prior to coming on air.
0: Well, of course, uh, we always have a broad spectrum of entertainment here on this format, Uh, but we're used to it, and we're streaming live, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, it's good uh, for us to be with you. Uh, We are your hosts, Brian Ingram and Matthew Miller. It's uh, good for us to be uh, with you tonight. This is a reboot of the End Time Tribune, uh, which, of course, started back in May of 2010. Uh, from there, the Brian and I have gone through sef- several different uh, formats. Uh, first and foremost, of course, would be the Bands of Time on on uh, YouTube. Of course, we've did uh, Prophetico. Uh, we still do uh, at times. Do the Portico of Solomon. Uh, so many formats, but the Brian and I just decided because uh, after they released this this news about. Uh, Google um, obfuscating a certain sites that they had branded as fake news for some reason, uh, the YouTube views crashed, and we had no idea why. So, um, and my son just asked me today, I thought that you didn't want to do the End Time Tribune anymore, Daddy, and I said, well, guess what? I said, if you remember correctly, and then I stopped for a second and let it sink in. And I started a different way. I said, riddle me this. Uh, Did Moses want to save the children of Israel? He just shook his head no. I said, now, that being the case, do you think that Aaron wanted to go save the children of Israel? He started laughing. No, of course not. It was time to restart this, and that's what we're going to do. So, uh, Brian, why don't you jump in here real quick, and uh, what have you been looking at in the news this week? And uh, I hope you don't – well, sorry the pun, ladies and gentlemen, but Trump me. Uh, (laughs) Brian Trumped me twice last week, but i got some good stuff I want to share. I hope he don't Trump me, but hey, if he does, well, it is as
2: it is. So what have you been looking at this week, Bri? Well, I mean, mainly right now it's just uh, looking back over again the stuff that's going on with the 70 nations. Now, I don't know if a lot of people caught it because throughout the rest of the week, um, tons of the different prophetic sites started dumping out the 70 nations and so forth were going to be at this. But they actually added two more in during the last week. So unfortunately, some of these newer articles are inaccurate because they missed the two new nations added to the plate now something I'm kind of coming into a little bit of confusion here is um, this idea and this is not the first time I've heard this before I've heard this from other people as well that somehow you the United States is the ultimate determining factor concerning foreign policy as far as Israel goes and I want to remind everybody that um, during this last fall going back even into the middle of the year there were multiple bills that were passed against israel that the united states had either vetoed or tried to stand against and they still went through anyways you know folks this is one vote out of how many that's the united states is not the all determining factor or the quote unquote trump card i'm sorry i had to throw that dumb thing out there because it's in broad daylight but nonetheless folks you got to stop and consider now they're pushing through the 70 nations bill and on top of it They're also pushing at the exact same time for Trump the moment he comes into office to move that embassy to Jerusalem. Now, if these two things go hand-in-hand with one another, this vote goes through with these nations. And on top of it, the embassy gets moved. It is going to completely boil over in Israel like you will not believe. Now, this week as well, on top of it, there was a strike that was in Damascus near an airbase. That was initiated by all means because I saw even Israeli news sources stating, you know, the same thing: suspected Israeli attack on um, Damascus airbase. So they attacked an airbase inside of Syria. On top of it, with all of this going on already, so things are starting to slowly boil over. We had an attack over the last, um, I believe it was last Sunday, but I might be incorrect on that. There was a terror attack inside of Israel, and already they're fingering uh, connections with ISIS on top of it with this one now. So things are coming slowly to a head here as we move towards this vote. And it's rather you know, concerning as we move along to see this all kind of slowly play out as we speak. Well, I certainly agree, but I- I've
0: got to add some fuel to your fire there because, uh, Brian, I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, yesterday this was released. Uh, the Palestinian Grand Mufti says Jerusalem Embassy moved an assault on Muslims. Ladies and gentlemen, this is, this is very serious. I'm sure that you all know the affiliation that uh, the Mufti had in World War II with, of course, the Nazis. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is real, uh, live, local, and late-breaking. Um, this is the uh, basically the head uh, of religion there in Jerusalem as far as uh, the Muslims are concerned. And this is getting serious. Now, uh, this article that I'm looking at, uh, it is from the Jerusalem Post. Uh, it states this. Uh, speaking at the Al-Aqsa Mosque in Jerusalem's old city, Hussein declared that the pledge to move the embassy is not just an assault against Palestinians, now, now, let's say that correctly, Philistines, but against Arabs and Muslims who will not remain silent. Ladies and gentlemen, he is clearly provoking uh, all Muslims to jihad. So, this is serious. Now Now we're having uh, top clerics in the Muslim community coming out and likening this to an assault, which, of course, must have a reply. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is getting very serious. And uh, uh, this one, too, uh, concerning uh, the same train of events, the same thoughts uh, – l- Ladies and gentlemen, this is this is getting serious. It, it really is starting to get serious uh, because we also uh, just this week um, had something that absolutely well, it kind of blew me away, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, the Vatican uh, just set up uh, a Palestinian. Enclave at the Vatican. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is this is a straight from Irut Uh yesterday too. Uh, this is the headline: uh, Palestinian Authority establishes Palestinian embassy in the Vatican. Uh, here, of course, uh, the main picture is of course Pope Francis. Uh, and a boss shaking hands. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is all going on at the same time. Uh, and I don't think that people understand that this is triangulating upon this cup of trembling. The Brian and I just detailed to you three different heat sources for this cup. And it is going to boil over. It's going to boil over. So, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm with Brian. This is serious, but I want to remind everybody that it was Brian last week when he brought this up. He said, well, some people say the Bible says 72. And I took a pause. When I read that myself, that it had been changed, they invited two other countries And, of course, jokingly, I posted on the social networking site, they must have been listening to us. Of course, jokingly. Of course, they weren't. But, ladies and gentlemen, almost time, almost on target. It is unbelievable how many things that's come out of Brian's mouth. And the next week, it was in the news. It's just absolutely amazing how many times that's happened to us. Uh, Brian, back to you. I just uh, wanted to throw that back in there. Uh, that this cup of trembling has got multiple heat sources uh, just off the charts. Um, yeah, man, oh man. So what else have you been looking at? Or do you want to further comment on that?
2: Uh, a lot of that in that direction, I'm going to have to kind of pull some things from memory here on and off. There's been you know, various odds and ends that have gone on throughout the week, but... You know, of course, we still have stirrings going on here in Mosul. We've got the uh, great big, um, uh, what do you call it, conference concerning Syria that's coming up in uh, Kazakhstan here. I can't remember the exact date on that. And there's a lot of flack now coming in from Turkey. You know, obviously, Turkey is pretty upset with the fact that the Kurdish people have been used as far as taking Mosul back, you know, because they've got various factions within the Kurds that they've labeled as being terror groups inside of Turkey, and Turkey has been just showing up anywhere that these Kurdish groups show up, be it if they're helping, you know, inside of Syria, whichever side, Turkey comes in and starts bombing them. They've done the same thing in Iraq continually, where they've ended up being warned and chased out. And, you know, this was once again another thing that's been kind of pricking at Erdogan's side as far as, varied events are going. So now that we've got all this rolling forward with this big peace initiative coming up in Syria, and they've been invited. And of course again, Turkey is kind of sitting there going, you know, one of the statements I saw that came out of Turkish news yesterday is, Well, why don't we just bring um, you know, quote unquote Daesh or ISIS into the mix as well while we're at it and just bring a whole great big, you know, mess to the table. So it's just The rumblings that keep going on with Turkey on a continual basis here have just gotten insane. So, and it's how, you know, how many years have we been saying that's just it? He seems to play all sides of the line. We've had, you know, Gulen, we had that great big coup that happened there on top of it, which just, you know, once again, of course, the deep state came right back to the forefront. But it's almost, it's near impossible not to see that the strings are being pulled. Right there inside of Turkey at times, it's just almost, you know, baffles the mind after a while.
0: Yeah, it really does. It, 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 it does baffle the mind. Uh, and this playing two sides, this is obviously an orchestration, uh, well, from the Assyrian himself. We're talking, of course, about the false prophet, and looking for signs uh, of the God of war that he worships, of uh, this God, well, as the Hebrew puts it, Moaz, of course. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is the land of the midst of the rivers. Turkey has always played an integral part in biblical eschatology for the simple fact. Ladies and gentlemen, that's where the seven churches in the book of Revelation are located. Riddle me this, ladies and gentlemen, why didn't the Lord our God, whom sent his servant John, an angel to give him the revelation, why wasn't The church in Jerusalem, one of the churches. Okay, let's back up a minute. Why not Hebron? Or what about Bethlehem? (laughs) Do you see my point, ladies and gentlemen? Why are they all in the land of the midst of the rivers? Why is it that NATO has always included the deep state... In two, security matters. When everybody knew full well they were the last country on earth you could trust, Muslim or not. This is common knowledge. It's been common knowledge for decades. If you really want to get to the crux of the matter, ladies and gentlemen, let us consider an article that I wanted to put in Brian's way. I didn't want to share it or anything like that, but I tagged his name to it so he could take a look at it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is very serious, and I'm going to read an expert from this. This is uh, on the Christian Post, although it is not the event horizon for the article. That comes from National Geographic. The title here is, Morgan Freeman claims Judaism, Christianity, and Islam got their beliefs from an ancient religion. Ladies and gentlemen, first paragraph. As the second season of National Geographic's The Story of God with Morgan Freeman approaches, the Academy Award winning actor is making the bold claim that the three most prominent religions in the world took their tenets from the ancient religion of Zoroastrianism. Ladies and gentlemen, what is the sign? What is the symbol for Zoroastrianism? Brian, what is that symbol you and I have talked about so many times? What's their symbol? Good
2: old Asher.
0: That's right. Did you hear that, ladies and gentlemen? Did you hear that?
2: At, let me, ladies and gentlemen, uh, well, I was going to reiterate the article. They put the, the words in Freeman's mouth, but let's just say the script writers, um, you know, because he, he follows a script, folks. And irregardless of that, how much time have I spent showing the fact that Zoroastrianism came about around the time of Darius the Great? Why did Cyrus the Great not follow after? Quote, unquote, Ahura Mazda, you will see it referenced nowhere in anything that Cyrus the Great ever said. Okay, there has been historians that have done mass amounts of work. There was a man that went all throughout the Middle East trying to trace the roots of Zoroastrianism. And he came to the very same conclusion. He was around at the time of Darius the Great. So how they get this garbage about this being the oldest religion, and everybody has been spouting this garbage for years, and it gets old. It seriously gets old, but ladies and
0: gentlemen, just because they changed the name, you see, they give this symbol the name of Farvahar, okay? Okay? Uh, please look it up. You can uh, look it up on uh, Dory's favorite site, of course, Wikipedia. It's F-A-R-A-V-A-H-A-R. Whether you like it or not, that's Asher. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the symbol for the Assyrian. There is no consternation with that, ladies and gentlemen. So, Why would this God-hater? I mean, I have no no need, no want to mince words. Uh, I don't care if he's won an Academy Award or not. He's a God-hater. Of course, that's why he was chosen to play God in multiple movies. But, ladies and gentlemen, this is... This is off the charts, how Asher is being loudly displayed through National Geographic's series, The Story of God with Morgan Freeman. It's off the charts. It is off the charts. Brian, what else you got to share?
2: I I think I've run out my, what I had on my mind at the moment there, you know, just nonetheless to go back into what you were bringing up there, you know, folks, you got to trace the root of where this whole concept came to the forefront in Persia, having Asher being within their... Religious system because this trace real far back folks go straight into the end of civilization you're going to find out there if you dig deep enough oh Asher's known altogether as something else and he shows up in some very frightening places
0: that's right he does some very frightening places indeed well ladies and gentlemen I just passed um an article off to Brian. I'm going to have him take a uh, serious uh, look at that, but uh, before he shares that, while he's looking that over, uh, we got an article that was published uh, two days ago. Apocalypse signs from Italian Nostradamus reveal themselves 500 years later. And, of course, this article is full of, uh, well... Uh, Smart Alec Remarks. I will start it off this way just as it starts it off. Quit your job and blow all your savings while you can, because apparently the end of the world is nigh. Warning signs of a 500-year-old prophecy on the apocalypse are starting to reveal themselves, sparking fears among conspiracy theorists and the superstitious that we're all doomed. Italian philosopher Matteo Teffuri, who lived from 1492 to 1582, was one of the most revered personality of Italy's Aquila region. Now, interestingly enough, in the 16th century, uh, he warned two consecutive days of snow would ruin the resort of Salento, in the lead-up to the apocalypse. Snow is a rarity in the southern Italian region, which is well-known for its mild climate. The Italian Nostradamus predicted salento, palm trees, and mild south wind. Snowy salento, but never after the touch. Two days of snow, two flashes in the sky. I know the world's end, but I do not yearn. As we speak, an unusual pattern of freak snowstorms is currently sweeping across the region. Now, according to the Inquisitor, it's believed that the two flashes mentioned in Teferi's prophecy could be in reference to a supervolcano eruption. Last month, scientists warned that the Kempe Ferlege supervolcano may be waking up and approaching a critical state in a move that could cause worldwide destruction comparable to a large asteroid impact. Ladies and gentlemen, over the past decade, this volcano has been experiencing an uplift which
1: suggests
0: the volatile gases beneath it are rising to the surface at an accelerating rate. Ladies and gentlemen, up with that in mind, with that in mind, in reference to the two flashes, let me share this article from the website Strange Sounds. Of course, its event horizon is NASA, but I shall read it from here anyway because this was released yesterday. This is the headline. NASA detects two space rocks heading towards Earth, a comet and an unknown object, ladies and gentlemen. This week, a comet that started life in the outer reaches of our solar system will be visible from Earth for the first time as it approaches our planet's orbit. The comet will be 66 million miles from Earth at its closest approach. Another recently discovered object, called 2016 WF9, has also been taking a scenic tour of our solar system, approaching Jupiter's uh, Jupiter's orbit, its greatest distance from the sun. On the 25th of February this year, it will approach Earth's orbit, passing at a distance of nearly 32 million miles from Earth. But NASA doesn't know whether the object is an asteroid or a comet. So just consider that, ladies and gentlemen. This, this snowstorm uh, taking place uh, in Italy is enough to raise your head. Now, I appreciate that they injected in here uh, the ramifications of the supervolcano there in Italy... But ladies and gentlemen, it's not supposed to be uh, snowing there in Salento. And yet, uh, you can plainly see the pictures of the rooftop from last week. There's snow everywhere covering the rooftops. So, uh, Brian, uh, your thoughts on that? Um and we need to to maybe nom that for a minute. Is it even possible uh, that uh, Nostradamus or uh, this Italian uh, prophet Tefuri, is it possible they were getting supernatural information? And I, I would like your personal take on this. Um, just because they very well could have made accurate predict- uh, predictions, uh, and some say you know, either or with both of these prophets, um, whether they be from God or not. I want your take on it. Is it possible uh, to receive supernatural information uh, from sources
2: other than the Holy Spirit? Well, I mean, looking at Nostradamus, I know for a fact that one of the main things he did was flee from the church because he was in fear of how he was going to essentially be perceived in his, you know, earlier days. I mean, he had a lot of stuff that was pretty darn accurate at the time he was alive that was coming to pass. You know, so as we roll forward, we see a few hit and miss things happen here with some of his prophecies. It's not altogether too shocking to me to see that some of them are dead on the mark. Now, where he got his information from, I don't know. I mean, there were parts of his life where I know he was delving deep into the occult, but were some of these accurate ones coming from a different source? It depends. If we look at the prophecies and they line up with what the Bible says, well, guess what? Then we got a direct hit. Anything outside of that, I'm not going to be too much concerned with. I agree. Uh, I agree.
0: Uh, One thing is for sure. Uh, Whatever his source was, Uh, I am sure that uh, those supernatural sources um, certainly has information outside of the purview uh, of mankind, let's just say that. Um, now, this other gentleman, I don't know too much about him, and I don't know if you have uh, have studied uh, this uh, prophet Tefuri or not, uh, but it would seem to me that what I'm looking at here… Uh, he follows the same vein as Michel de Nostradam, uh, because it says he was an Italian philosopher, astrologer, and physician. Uh, so that kind of makes me wonder if we shouldn't uh, look a little bit deeper into him at a later uh, date. Um
2: It's, I've never personally it's, it's, ever heard of the it's, guy it's, until now.
0: Nor I. I I haven't either. Uh but Brian what say you about the article that I sent you? Did you have time to look at it while I was discussing the other one?
2: I scrolled over it briefly. I'm trying to scan through other news and I mean, you know, just to throw in real quick here, it's kind of it's a little disturbing when you go over to uh Israeli uh national news or Arut Shavah, and you see, like, every third to fourth article is dealing with uh, Nazism flaring up all over the world. And, I mean, we're not just talking about metaphorical Nazism. We're talking about full-blown swastikas across the board here. And, and you know, I've watched this news site for years on it and I've never seen anything that even resembles this. It's just mind-blowing. It, it really is mind blowing. Uh, the rise of
0: Nazism is just uh, rattling my cage, I hear of late. Uh, but I, I don't know what to say about all of this. Uh, you know, I, I, I did want to mention this uh, that we've got a lot of problems right here because a lot of people know uh, about what's going on concerning Trump. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, this was published uh, in U.S. News, January the 9th, uh, The End of the Liberal World Order, Donald Trump's statements about foreign policy, rise uncertainties across the planet. Um. This is just off the charts. Uh, them saying this, because ladies and gentlemen, by inference, they're telling you that there's already a liberal world order, and Brian and I have been stating this, and stating this, and stating this. You are seeing, through Trump change, the rise of nationalism,
2: I'm sorry, but you are.
1: But you are.
2: For Pete's sakes. Do I really want to drop this warhead right now?
0: Folks, you you need to
2: find out where that comment, New World Order, actually came from, because it's not where you think it came from. All right, you guys all know the um, quote-unquote prayer breakfast that they have in Washington every year? The founder of that group, which is called The Family, or it goes as The Fellowship, he is the person that penned that. The right-wing Republican parties, the ones that are all basically behind your varied forms of crusaderism, dominionism, and so forth, that's where it came from. Not from the Masons, folks. I don't know who's fed you this line, but that ain't the case. Well, we tread on dangerous ground, don't we,
1: Brian?
2: We tread on We the tread we I mean, I don't want to sugarcoat nothing. I get tired of playing these games with the crusaders. You folks you need to know where that whole concept came from. Yes, and they
0: certainly fund quite a lot of venues, don't they, Brian? Yep. Now, ladies and gentlemen, they have been stoking these fires for more than a few decades. I strongly suggest you do research into the entity that Brian mentioned. They've been pushing nationalism for quite some time. And this rubber is going to hit the road eventually. But ladies and gentlemen... I strongly suggest you listen to last week's program. Brian and I talked about this, what was going to happen economically. You don't have to like it, but the Bible loudly says, that's right, the Bible, God's holy word, states there are ten kings that run this show. God puts it into their heart to burn mystery Babylon with fire. Let us talk about that one more time. I have already mentioned the simple fact, the definition for Nazism. It is when you hate, for no apparent reason, any nation, tribe, or language. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to really think about what I just said. You need to really think about it. Because it's those things that make us, of course, the melting pot. Those very things that I just mentioned. And Trump change is not going to be very pleasant. These ten kings have set up a silk road... They have designed the new world, ladies and gentlemen, why do you think they call it the new world order? Oh my goodness, look. We've already given you the articles on prior broadcast directing you to find out the percentages of the countries and their usage of goods on this planet. Ladies and gentlemen, the United States alone does 27% and it's number one. When you add up Mexico and Canada and you look at the numbers and Brazil, oh my goodness, ladies and gentlemen, no entity, political or otherwise, can be allowed to disrupt that Silk Road. We have been set up to be consumers. Trump change plans to do the opposite of that. Ladies and gentlemen, that cannot be allowed. It can't be. Your whole Silk Road system will fall apart. It'll fall apart. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen... The Crusaders are being set up. What an ingenious tactic to play. And I will quote from this article. This is a quote, all right? Let me just read this one single paragraph from this article. Putin may feel emboldened to do whatever he wants in his region. And Xi Jinping could flex his muscles in China's maritime disputes with neighbors if they see Trump tactically endorsing a tripolar world with distinct spheres of influence. Now, right here's a direct quote. You may see more assertive China. They have plenty of cards to play, says Kirk Campbell, former Assistant Secretary of the State for East Asia. Oh, I bet he knows all about the kings from the east ladies and gentlemen this is a game that's rigged and you're being set up oh ladies and gentlemen the Assyrian himself is deck has not only dealt the deck he stacked it why would this gentleman use this phraseology tripolar world with distinct fears of influence. Oh my goodness, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't listened to it, I strongly suggest that you go search for the episode The Pope Prophecy and Time Topsy-Turvy I Did With My Son. You're going to see isochronal eschatology screaming you in the face. Ah yes, our new ascetic pope. Pope Francis. You see, it was during his namesake that time went topsy-turvy, and they changed the calendar. Look it up. But my son found a lot more information than this, utilizing history to what may very well be going on here. Brian, your
2: thoughts? Uh, my thoughts are, let's. Uh, I was going to move on to that next article here, so we don't accidentally um, sweep that under the rug and forget about it. Cover it right now.
1: Cover let's go. Right now, let's
2: go. All right. Uh, this article that Matthew sent me came from theexpress.cu.uk. End of the world. Christians predict apocalypse this week as Venus lines up with Wolf Moon. Christians around the globe are linking recent astronomical phenomenon to the end of the world, which they believe could happen this week. The evening of January 12 will see the first full moon of the year, known as the Wolf Moon, and Venus will be at its brightest for the first time in the year. This combined with the fact that they fall on the eve of the first Friday the 13th of the year has led some to believe the end is near. Well separately the three incidents are nothing new with full moons every month venus being this bright every year every eight years and two or three friday the 13th a year when combined some fear that the apocalypse are coming many are pointing in to the bible's luke 21 verse 25 and there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and in the stars and upon the earth the stress of nations with perplexity the sea and the waves roaring. The full moon and Venus, which will look like an exceptionally bright star, could be interpreted as signs in the moon and stars, and with Donald Trump's inauguration little more than a week away and heightened tensions between nations around the globe could be the distress of nations. One person wrote on Facebook, Please, we need to be ready at all times because we are practically close to the end of days. Another added, Jesus is going to crack the sky and take his children home soon and very soon. The world is looking for a savior in all the wrong places. So much division and hatred and wars of every kind, not just wars between countries, but wars in the home, wars with the government, wars between generation, wars in the marriage, wars in the street war everywhere you see a third with a bit of t- tongue in cheek said january 12th celtic wolf full moon january 13th or friday Nuff said january 14th my 50th birthday i don't see days as much as horsemen of the apocalypse however judging by numerous apocalyptic predictions in recent months we think we'll be safe this time now honestly i'm going to stop and go in here um I would have to honestly look at the original video or posting of this because this website has a way of spinning things to be completely inaccurate from what was actually said. You know, people will point out this is a sign leading towards and this website will turn around and spin it to saying, well, this is the last day on this day because of this sign. So I will have to look over the original article to get an idea of what this person actually said as opposed to what this website is reporting.
0: Exactamundo, but they're not covering what's important according to celestial somology as implemented by the Lord our God in the very first chapter of the Bible, God's holy word. Ladies and gentlemen, you need to do search for this, because I'll tell you what was really important that happened this week, and it came out. um, Normally, I don't use this site, but they had it, so we'll uh, use Astronomy Now, uh, because it is a um, British website. See Venus furthest from the sun. Now, Brian and I have taught you and taught you and taught you about one end of the heavens from the other. Listen to what it says. See Venus farthest from the sun in conjunction with Neptune on the 12th of January. Of course, with Mars dancing in the background. Where did this take place? Where did this sign take place? At the exact same time as this wolf moon. What took place in Aquarius? Ladies and gentlemen, implement celestial somology. Let me read it to you, Okay? Uh, this is coming from, uh, of, of course, one of my uh, go-to uh, resources, uh, the book entitled Star Tales. I'll, t- I'll just l- let it, I'll just let it go. I'll just let it fly. Direct quote: "The identification of Aquarius is Ganymede, uh, said to have been the most beautiful boy alive." He was uh, the son of King Tros, who gave Troy its name. One day, while Gynamed was watching over his father's sheep, Zeus became infatuated with the shepherd boy and swooped down on the Trojan plain in the form of an eagle carrying Gynamed up to Olympus. The eagle is commemorated in the neighboring constellation of Aquila. The compensation for spiriting away his son, Zeus presented the king with a pair of fine horses. Ah, yes. Ah, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, he became the cup bearer of the gods, Gynamite did. He is the story of the Mosheim. That is why the book of Obadiah says what it says. That's why Moshe'im is used, that Hebrew phrase, all over uh, the prophetic text. It was why you were told that Primus Numerus is going to ascend Mount Zion in Revelation, the 14th chapter. That's the whole point. That's why this whole tale has been weaved. That's why. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Lord your God I- expects you to know this. Expects you to know it. Now, just take note that meat, of course, Replace the other cupbearer of the gods. Ladies and gentlemen, God expects you to know what's going on, and this is how he's taught the heathens that don't know what's going to happen. This is how he's taught them through their myths. This is why he's done it that way. Ladies and gentlemen, this stuff is real. Please look into your history. Now, just take note that this celestial somology gets highly complicated because where are what was the conjunction with? The Bride or Venus and Neptune, ladies and gentlemen. You all know that Neptune was – Uh, the god, so to speak, of the sea. And, of course, it takes place in Aquarius, the cupbearer. Did anybody check, especially, Israeli news and when these things took place? When I told you that uh, this sign occurred? I mean... Ladies and gentlemen, don't you realize we've already covered news that was released on that very day, on the very day? Now, ladies and gentlemen, why did Pope Francis want to meet with the boss when he did? Ah, ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen… Off the charts. Off the charts. Well, Bri, uh, we're going to take a break and brace thine selves, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm not sure if it was day 14 or maybe 15, I don't know, probably 17, probably day 17, uh, God instructed us to uh, bang thy head. You are listening to the in time tribune. That was just absolutely off the charts cool, man. (laughs) That is just off the charts cool. I hope you enjoyed uh, the break. I hope you did not gather into yourself a headache. I really did enjoy uh, that last one. Got a kick out of it. I finally found a good version of I'll Fly Away. Amen. Amen. I certainly shall. Those who are with me, take the ride of the eagle's wings. Ah, yes. I can't wait to be gathered with them unto the tabernacle of David. What a good day that will be. What a good day that will be. Brian, let's jump right back into the saddle. You've sent me several articles, and I'm sitting here shaking my head. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, things are heating up. Um, Brian, just jump right in here and start covering things on this military front, because... Uh, this cup of trembling, like we've already stated, oh, ladies and gentlemen, this this cup is worldwide and it has multiple points of heat, right?
2: All right, just trying to figure out where I've got that first uh, story at. Uh, this happened earlier in the week on the ninth of January. We had a U.S. Navy. Warship fired a warning shot at Iranian patrol boats. Defense officials accuse Islamic Revolutionary Guard boats of opening fire on destroyer U.S. S. Mahan in Strait of Hormuz. U.S. Navy destroyer has fired multiple warning shots at Iranian boats near the entrance of the Gulf, according to U.S. defense officials. Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps' boats alleged open-fired at the USS Mahan on Sunday, which was passing through the Strait of Hormuz, when they sped towards it. U.S. officials said in a statement on Monday that the shots were fired as a result of failing to establish contact with the Iranians and after a U.S. Navy helicopter released smoke flares as a cautionary move. There were conflicting initial reports whether the Americans and Iranians had established radio communication. As one U.S. official said, the main concern aboard the Mahan was the speed at which the Iranian boats were approaching as opposed to their proximity. And I'll stop there with that one. North Korea threatens missile launch anytime. Blames U.S. U.S. Defense Chief, meanwhile, vows to shoot down any ICBM test near American territory or that of its allies. North Korea says it can test launch an intercontinental ballistic missile at any time from any location chosen by leader Kim Jong-un, adding that the United States' hostile policy was to blame for its arm developments. Kim said on January 1st, this is a nuclear-capable country, was close to test launching an ICBM. The ICBM will be launched anytime and anywhere, determined by the Supreme Headquarters of the DPRK. An unnamed foreign ministry spokesman was quoted as saying on Sunday by the official KCNA News Agency using the acronym for the country's name. To move forward. Pakistan Fire's first submarine-launched nuclear-capable missile. Pakistan fired its first submarine-launched cruise missile on Monday, the military said. The show of force for the country that sees its missile development as a deterrent against Archville, India. The launch of the nuclear-capable Babur-3 missile, which has a range of 450 kilometers and was fired from an undisclosed location in the Indian Ocean, is likely to heighten long-running tensions between India and Pakistan. nuclear Armed neighbors have fought three wars since independence from Britain in 1947. Both nations have been developing missiles of varying ranges since they conducted nuclear tests in May of 1998. And we've got another one that goes hand in hand with this. India's missile program, a threat to regional peace in Pakistan. And this was published on the 12th of January, so Friday. Pakistan Today cautioned members of MTCR that introduction of destabilizing systems like missile defense programs and intercontinental ballistic missiles in South Asia pose a risk to regional stability, in an apparent reference to India. Pakistan's serious concerns over the introduction of such systems in South Asia were expressed To a delegation of Missile Technology Control Regime, MTCR, a 35 member elite group that includes India and the controls and controls export in high end missile technologies, a Foreign Office statement said. Pakistan highlighted the risks posed to potential regional peace and stability due to the introduction of destabilizing systems such as missile defense programs, and intercontinental ballistic missiles, the UFO statement said. India is the only country in South Asia having successfully tested intercontinental ballistic missiles. Pakistan was, however, committed to avoiding any kinds of arm race in South Asia, it said, adding that Pakistan's proposal on establishing strategic restraint regime in South Asia, which covers nuclear and Missile restraint remains on the table. Pakistan believes the progress on this proposal through meaningful dialogue can promote peace and stability in the region, it said. Enough on that one. And we have another one here. Asian potboiler. As Sino-Indian tensions rekindle, there are new players in the mix. The rivalry between the neighbors has intensified over Pakistan, the Dalai Lama, and a UN veto. After a few timid signs of warning, Sino-India relations seem to be headed for the freezer. While Beijing refuses to take India's security concerns seriously, New Delhi may have decided to take the Chinese challenge head-on. To complicate matters for India, it erstwhile allies Russia, which has become a close friend of China, is showing interest in establishing closer ties with Pakistan. The latest move that clinches. Teeth in India is China refusing to lift a hold on Pakistan-based Jaish-e-Mohammed chief Mazud Azir, accused of plotting multiple acts of terrorism against India, and blocking him in December from being listed as a terrorist by the United States Nations. Since March, China has blocked India's attempts to put a ban on Azhar under the Sanctions Committee of the UN Security Council, despite support from other members of the 15 nation body in response india has begun has gone beyond expressing dismay by testing its long range ballistic missiles so i'll stop there folks um that's a lot of missiles in one week being brought up in the news and central asia seems to be at the heart of a lot of tension at the moment
0: you mean eden you mean it
2: seems to be a lot seems to be a lot yep
0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, let me remind you what I've made reference to this cup of trembling. Did you not hear the title of this article, Asian Pot Boiler? Ladies and gentlemen, they weren't done making biblical references. The very first sentence in the article, after a few timid signs of warning... Sino Indian relations seem to be headed for the freezer. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, do you not know? Have you not heard? Pray natural flight, not be in the winter. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, off the charts, on to the left and to the right, this is. This is serious stuff. Um, this news is just off the charts. And, and let me say this. Is this sign that was in the heavens, was we supposed to expect these things to take place? Ladies and gentlemen, do you not know, have you not heard who it is that's going to lead God's chosen people, ladies and gentlemen? Not everybody's going to Mount Zion. Oh, by the way, that's the throne room in heaven. I mean ladies and gentlemen, I've did broadcast before on the indigo children I mean even the pagans know who's going to run the age of Aquarius they know who it's going to be let me ask everybody this does anybody know why Hosanna is in the bible do you know do you not know why that's stated? Do you not know where that comes from? Oh ladies and gentlemen, why did Jesus say that? Who was he talking to? Do you know anything at all? Tology ladies and gentlemen, why did Jesus state this? Oh, ladies and gentlemen, don't you realize what what happened that day? Do you not realize who, who was saying it? Well, perhaps I should just remind everybody, I guess, but Ladies and gentlemen, what what happened that day was very important. And, And remember the whole entire circumstances of what was going on there in Matthew 21. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Ladies and gentlemen, this was during the triumphal entry. Who said it? The crowd's going ahead of him, and those who followed were shouting. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Let me jump down a few verses. Verse 15 of Matthew, the 21st chapter. But when the chief priest and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he had done, and the children who were shouting in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David. They became indignant. Ladies and gentlemen, don't you know where this comes from? Ladies and gentlemen, Hosanna comes from Psalms 118. Let me ask you that again. Have you not read? Do you not know? Have you not heard? I don't know how many different ways I can put it. Ladies and gentlemen, that exact word is, of course, used in Psalm 119, or 118. And you really are supposed to know why those children were singing it. Here, let me riddle you this: Why is it that your modern Bible don't have a reference there? That goes back to where the word originally is, ladies and gentlemen, because it's right here in verse 25 of Psalm 118. Lord, save, I beseech thee, I beseech thee, prosper. Of course, the New American Standard Version. O Lord, do save, we beseech you, O Lord, we beseech you, do send prosperity. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm looking here at the New American Standard Bible It has no footnote referencing back to Matthew, the 21st chapter. Because, ladies and gentlemen, that's also the word they use, and they quote this during the last day. Of course, the day of judgment. It's called Hashanah Rabbah, the great supplication. Because everybody knows that Hashanah Rabbah is known as the last day of judgment, which began on Rosh Hashanah. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the Kabbalists know all about this. Uh, the Zohor plainly states uh, that the judgment okay, is sealed on Yom Kippur, but it's not delivered until Hashanah Rabbah. And that's, of course, when they get together and sing Psalm 118. Oh, my goodness, ladies and gentlemen. Do you have any idea what that psalm is about? Why were the priests only angry because the children were singing this? Because, ladies and gentlemen, they know who's going to rule over them. They know the Moshe'im are going to Mount Zion. They know they're going to rule through the Hamshara team, those of the first resurrection, Primus Resurrexorate. Who are they, ladies and gentlemen? Who are they going to be ruling through? Ladies and gentlemen, the reason why the priest got mad that the children were saying this because they knew that the Lord, their God, had told them already they would be ruled over by capricious sons. Ladies and gentlemen, please have a salaam moment. Why don't your Bibles reference you back to psalm 118 where that phrase has its event horizon from everybody knows this ladies and gentlemen you cannot talk to an orthodox rabbi which all of you know i have multiple friends of which all of you know that i talked multiple times uh ladies and gentlemen i have gone to kosher circumcisions multiple occasions uh by the way has all your friends that proclaim to be hebrew roots people, can they say that? By the way, I was contracted uh, to be the only contractor to go into both synagogues located in my county to make repairs. I have gone to Orthodox Passovers. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to know why all those so-called Hebrew roots teachers haven't told you what I just relayed to you. Why those children were singing Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. Why haven't you been told that comes directly from Psalms 118? I want to know. And I want to know if you know what that's about. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I know that this is, of course, a news broadcast. I know that. But I think it be pertinent if we just take the time to read Psalms 118. Because you need to know that's why those children were calling that, and that's why the priest got so mad that the children were quoting that inside the temple. They were inside the temple saying this, Hosanna to the Son of David. Because the children, it doesn't say they were singing, ladies and gentlemen, you all know, that I know exactly what the Greco Bible source code says. I don't need to wonder after what it says. I know what it says there. That word you call G2896, they were screaming it. They were shouting it at the top of their little lungs. This is what made the (laughs) priest and the scribes. Now, 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 let me back up. The chief priest and the scribes. Indignant. Brian, uh, can you please bring up Psalms one eighteen uh, for us and uh, take a read of it, uh, ladies and gentlemen. It's, it's it's not very long. I I don't think it's too much for you to endure. It's a twenty nine simple verses, but you need to realize in your mind. Why those children were making those chief priests and scribes so mad? Because they knew the Lord their God had told them that the day would come when capricious sons would rule over them. Ladies and gentlemen, if you know your celestial somology, you understand why? Why some translations use that exact phraseology. You'll be able to readily understand why that sign is in the heavens. Ladies and gentlemen, I have tried to teach you all about celestial somology to the best of my ability. I really have. I I have tried to teach all of you the different signs God has put for us in the heavens per the 14th verse of the Bible. I have tried to show you that celestial somology is God-ordained. But ladies and gentlemen, that that word in Hebrew, you, you you need to look these things over. You really do. You need to search them out, see what God has to say about it. And I'm not joking with you. You seriously need to consider... That the Lord your God is expecting you to know where the ecliptic is in the heavens, where the equator is in the heavens, and how it is, astronomically speaking, that one-third of these stars will fall because they're going to. That's what he said. Ladies and gentlemen, that's, that's what he said. That's exactly what he said with his own mouth but oh ladies and gentlemen have you looked and saw uh, the representation uh for capricorn in the heavens do you know what that is do you know what it looks like ah yes Ah, yes. There's a reason it's located in the heavens where it's located, but Brian, uh, can we please uh, take a listen to uh, Psalms 118 and find out why those children were crying out what it is that the Orthodox Jews read on
2: the Day of Judgment. All right, everybody, Psalms 118. Oh, good, thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say his steadfast love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his steadfast love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say his steadfast love endures forever. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. The Lord is on my side, I will not fear. What can a man do to me? The Lord is on my side as my helper. I shall look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surrounded me, in the name of the Lord, I will cut them off. They surrounded me, surrounded me on every side. In the name of the Lord, I will cut them off. They surrounded me like bees. They went out like a fire among thorns. In the name of the Lord, I will cut them off. I was pushed hard so that I was falling, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone that my builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Save us, we pray, O Lord. O Lord, we pray, give us success. Now, I do find it interesting where this starts out with all the nations are against us on every side.
0: Oh, that's just the happen. that's just the happen. Um, um, Ladies and gentlemen, the Orthodox Jews know what gate's being referenced here. They know... Ladies and gentlemen, I've told you so much about the Kabbalists because they always contact me and ask me questions they have for decades. Ladies and gentlemen, they know the, the entire idea that the pagans have about the children being the ones that ascend in the age of Aquarius is straight from Psalms 118 because that gate in reference there is, of course, the matrix, the womb. They know this is when the princes are cast down and replaced. Ladies and gentlemen, there is so much here in the Hebrew Bible source code. It's off the charts. Ladies and gentlemen, the cords, uh, the horns of the altar... Ladies and gentlemen, surely you've heard Brian and I talk about the silver cord... Mention in the Bible and references to uh, how it can uh, be cut off, ladies and gentlemen. That's, ladies and gentlemen, they they know this has everything to do with when the Assyrian invades their land and what his target is. Ladies and gentlemen, they – here, let me read it for everybody. Uh, This is what uh, the Orthodox Jews know to be true, okay? I'll just read it straight from this translation that uses the particular sign that we just mentioned. For behold, the Lord God of hosts is going to remove from Jerusalem and Judah most supply and support, the whole supply of bread and the whole supply of water, the mighty man and the warrior, the judge, the prophet, the diviner, and the elder, the captain of fifty, and the honorable man, the counselor, and the expert artisan, and the skillful enchanter. And I will make mere lads their princes, and capricious children will rule over them. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, they know that's when the last verse in the book of Obadiah takes place. They know the direct reference to Nehemiah chapter 9 verse uh, 27. uh, they know what's going on. It's just you that does not. They they know these things, and it bothers me. Uh, there is just a plethora of people out there uh, professing uh, to uh, be some stint of uh, Hebrew roots or Jewish experts, and uh, they never told you these things? Riddle me, why is that? Why is that? Why is that? Oh, man.
1: Ladies and gentlemen,
0: it truly is a mission impossible that the Brian and I have to do. It truly is a mission impossible. I mean, so theology that is not biblically orientated so much, so much. But ladies and gentlemen, these these things were occurring as this sign appeared in the heavens this week. I mean, you talk about a cup of trembling. Um, You know, we've got Pope Francis uh, trying his best to instigate time going topsy-turvy with a boss at the Vatican. (laughs) (laughs) We've got uh, our president-elect saying that he's going to move the embassy where it's supposed to be to – the Israeli capital, in Jerusalem. And in response to this, of course, the grand mufti of Jerusalem gets involved, said, hey, this is this is an assault. This is an attack. We've been physically attacked. Oh, my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, if you could have only seen it coming. You know... And it amazes me uh that article that Brian talked about it talked about the wolf moon talked about you know friday the 13th and it talked about this and it talked about that but if you knew one end of the heavens from the other you would have known what the sign really was you know I know there's a lot of hype Um, And, of course, that video that I published about the sign of Revelation uh, chapter 12 occurring in the heavens this September. I know there's a lot of hype about it, but if you didn't know the things I just explained to you and which Brian covered, uh, that makes me seriously doubt whether you truly understand what's going on in the heavens come September… It does. I mean, I I know that there are some uh, good uh, teachers out there um, that cover, you know, uh, the Hebrew language um, and such. And I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate what they do because they obviously do what they can. And I appreciate that there are some people out there that. Talk about the signs in the heavens, uh, but uh, if they don't know the Bible, God's holy word, and that he spoke it out of both sides of his mouth, first in the Hebrew and then the Greek, I don't know what to tell you. They, they, they don't know what they're talking about. And if you spend all of your days publicly displaying your anti-Semitism I assuredly assure you that the only information you're going to get is false information from the Kabbalist. That's all you're going to get. And they're going to laugh at you, by the way, because they hate your guts. Because the Orthodox Jews themselves, they won't touch you with a ten-foot pole. The only people who's going to give you information are the Kabbalists. Just so you know. Just so you know. Brian, your thoughts on that? And uh, more thoughts on some, uh, Psalm 118 uh, as you read it? I'm sure that more than that jumped out at you.
2: Well, my thoughts have been all together somewhere else because you brought this up earlier. Pray your flight not be in winter. Has everybody been paying attention to what's been going on in Antarctica as it's been warming up extensively there, shrinking snows, but did everybody else notice on top of it, Siberia is getting far colder? Since when has the western portion of the United States been constantly pelted with uh, massive blizzard and snowstorms? And this is something that we wanted to touch on for several weeks here, Matthew. And when you said that, it hit me right away. This needs to come up again. Because we never got to talk about that. Well, then by all means, talk about it. I just did. How much more can I really say there? I mean, folks, come on. We told you how many times now that the new North Pole is going to be set. In Siberia, okay, when we see signs that the Arctic, that Antarctica is actually thawing out and it's having massive amounts of heat, and then in turn, we see that Siberia is getting even colder, I should tell you something's up here.
0: Well, Brian, uh, right here in the Chicago Tribune. The crack in the Antarctic ice shelf just grew by 11 miles. A break could be imminent. Ladies and gentlemen, we have all... Let me put it this way. The Brian and I have repeatedly, in multiple formats, in multiple ways, both audio aids and visual aids showed you exactly where Noah's north and south poles are. You have the coordinates. We've given them to you. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus, our Lord, is Christ the King. And he said you were going back to the days of Noah. And that's why it is geometrically getting colder around Noah's North Pole. What lies directly over that point? Well, of course, it is the third knot, Nabonius Three, in Draco. Did, did you not know that? I don't see how you could have not known that, ladies and gentlemen, because, uh, Brian, I know we talked about that <clears throat> uh the latter part of 2011 straight till today haven't we i mean showed them we've made pictures for them showing exactly what's over that exact location uh in certain times of the year just happens to be in the perfect time of the year that you don't want it to be ladies and gentlemen this is this is real um What Brian's talking about is is off the charts. Um, Let me read the first uh, paragraph from this article. An enormous rift in one of Antarctica's largest ice shelves grew dramatically over the past several weeks, and a chunk nearly the size of Delaware could break away within months, British scientists reported this week. Ladies and gentlemen... It's the latest sign of a major ice loss in the fast-warming Antarctic Peninsula. Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, what – oh, my goodness. Don't you understand how the – how the magnetosphere works. We're a giant magnet. And, ladies and gentlemen, I know you've seen the pictures. How many times have I posted it? On how many different websites did I post a location of Noah's South Pole? Ladies and gentlemen, a magnet goes round and round and round. Let's take um, a solar flare. It hits our magnetic shield. It's filtered up and goes in through the north pole. The energy, of course, is refracted out of the south pole. These two anomalies are exactly where is north and south pole is, and I don't know what other way I can say it because I've said it so many times. I've made uh, 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 visual aids, both pictures and videos. Uh, I've written articles on it. Uh, I mean, literally, I'm – I am pushed to know in what other way that I can help you to believe what Christ himself told you. You are going back to the days of Noah. You are. And there are signs of it everywhere. But you don't have a crack in an Antarctic ice shell uh, form that's the size of Delaware in a matter of weeks. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, when has that happened? When has that happened before? Um We're getting pretty close to uh, the end time here. we got eight minutes left. What say you?
2: Well, I was just going to add in a couple of things here. Um, Add into this article I got pulled up here um, from a friend of mine that posted this on the uh, social network. I find this uh, statement here rather ironic. Now it rains regularly instead of snowing. This is in Antarctica, folks. And I mean, factor in on top of it. Matthew just brought up magnetic fields. Okay, we've been getting pelted with massive solar flares. And, you know, we're supposed to be in this quote-unquote so-called solar minimum, which has not come to pass this has been all over the news for ages now that it hasn't been happening but take a look at the massive earthquakes that have been happening all over the place okay we're not talking about little ones there has been a non-major scale above 5.0 earthquakes on pretty much a daily basis here i mean it's just about every day i pull something up and a great big warning has went out you know for a uh, tsunami watch and massive earthquakes that just happened so we're seeing, you know, changes on just an unprecedented scale worldwide. Yeah,
1: Oh, and Brian, Brian.
2: Well, I was just going to throw this one in here real fast, too, because I touched on this earlier. Um, You know, folks, everybody's got this mindset that Trump's going to come in and save the day concerning what happens here with this new Israeli resolution. Well, the timing of this was not coincidence. U.N. may pass new anti israel resolution before inauguration. I mean, look, folks, United States does not is not the say all end all. In anything here. And folks, if it says it's going to happen in prophecy, it's going to happen irregardless of who is standing in that White House. So, uh, we need to get this nonsense out of our minds.
0: Yeah, Brian, most of it's nonsense. I mean ladies and gentlemen, you, you, you have to look for these doctrines. They always give them fancy names like dispensationalism. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, that, that word's not in the Bible, God's holy word. It's it's not in it. It's not there. Okay, this this <laughs> doctrine of eminency. It's not it's not there. It doesn't exist. I mean, that's how you can generally catch it. Ladies and gentlemen, if it don't have a verse, it don't exist. If it's not in either the Hebrew or the Greek lexicon, it's not in the Bible, God's Holy Word. It don't exist. If it's in an unclean tongue, who cares? I don't care if it's in your, you know, a Spanish Bible or German Bible or English Bible. If it's not a Hebrew or a Greek word, God didn't say it. He didn't say it. You know, and ladies and gentlemen, if you want to get a uh, really good resource uh, for the Greco Bible source code, uh, I just found uh, this today. It was on sale was a used copy of it. It is indispensable for you to understand what God said out of at least one side of his mouth. It is the complete Koinonia english Reference Bible, New Testament, Septuagint, and Strong's Concordance. I suggest you get it, because then you'll at least be able to understand what God's talking about in the Greek.
2: Yeah, and grab the electronic version. I have that one. I've used it for years, and the electronic, you can search in a split second
0: right. I mean, how do you guys think that uh, Brian cheats and keeps up with me?
1: <laughs>
0: no, just, just kidding. Ladies and gentlemen, everything that's ever come out of Brian's mouth when he was right on time, right on time, no, exactly. You have been given tools. I strongly suggest you get this, and like I said, I, I shared it today because I keep my eye uh, open for used copies. Uh, <laughs> try to get one of these used. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, the one that I looked at uh, today, uh, the version that Brian mentioned, it's only three bucks. And everything I and Bri talked about tonight, at least if it was in the Greek, you'd know exactly what we were talking about. Go pick this up and and see it. At any rate. Uh, That just about wraps us up. We're at the two-minute warning, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, So uh, I do want to welcome all of the uh, guests that came into the chat room, obviously from uh, uh, Facebook. Of course, um, you can all uh, send me a friend request and uh, crash our party. Um, I know that uh, all of you uh, remember this format from before, but this has been a reboot And it has been going quite well uh, as a mitre of fact. Uh, Let me just real quick uh, do this. I want to search and see our place in the popular category just to see where we're at because it's been going really good here. So we've been broadcasting in the news in the new new format. And uh, we are currently... um, I guess third time's charm. We're number three in ranking in just, what, uh, four episodes I I think we've uh, done with a reboot of this format. Let's see. We did one, two, three. This is our fourth one, and we're our three. So um, on a social networking site, I'm really easy to find. In Time Tribune, you will find me. Uh, And don't worry, I'm not going to harass you or... uh, you know, argue with you. Uh, I'm not going to badmouth you. As a matter of fact, I will defend you uh, if you uh, get into arguments over there about anything biblically, um, ladies and gentlemen. I, I hope. I hope that either I or one of my brothers and sisters can say something uh, that can snatch you from the fire, if that need be. But in most cases, it's not. You know, uh, lots of people argue about things uh, biblically that really don't matter. So let's all try to uh, remember that and um, try to understand uh, where that all comes from. uh, All these different uh, doctrines and theologies. We have to, um, you know. Try to know our history. It's it's pretty important uh, that you know that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know, uh, take uh, for example, how many uh, people are either Jehovah's Witness or Seventh Day Adventist. Did you not know that they that both of those uh, uh, denomination so to speak they both came from a false prophet Ellen White yeah they're they're the same thing Jehovah's Witness and Seventh-day Adventist come from the same place so try uh, to remember that um, there's probably going to be Jehovah's Witness over there and you know maybe some Seventh-day Adventist You're supposed to love them enough to snatch them from the fire if you can. Don't forget that. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, good night. God bless.